We're not doing a corn song, are we? All right, welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 145. My name's Matt. This is Ant. Ant, how you doing? Yeah. Ant, how you been? What? What? How you doing? How you holding up? End of the world's still happening. We're cancelling the apocalypse! No, the end of the world's still happening. The virus is still spreading. Yeah. In working alone, we have 75 cases per 100,000 people, which is high as fuck. Mm. Um, which means we're probably going into a secondary lockdown or something. No. You don't reckon? No, they won't do anything. You reckon they're just going to let us all die? They're going to they're gonna try and avoid doing anything until after Christmas. Because if they start right. a lockdown now, you yeah. have to run into Christmas. And they don't want to do that. They've got to have the shops open. Got to make all that money over Christmas, regardless of how many people die. It's quite funny, isn't it, that they lost 13 billion, but they can't afford to have the economy take a tank. Hmm. 13 billion, have you heard that? It's like the amount that's lost through Serco, through the track and trace, it's a total of 13 billion at this point in costs. 13 billion for an app that Google and Apple would do for free, but would not feed that data back to Cambridge Analytica, which is why they went with another company. Mm-hmm. 13 fucking billion. Yeah, it's okay, it's a drop in the ocean in the grand scheme of uh, British money, I guess. It's not, though. Like, that's the problem. 13 billion is enough that there could be massive action across the country for all those businesses that tanked, for all the industries that are currently suffering. Part of the Dyson guy. Anyway, this is Chris Apocalypse. We're not going to talk about politics because politics is a fucking wasteland of ideas at this point in time. So instead, we're going to talk about what we always talk about. And you know what that is, don't you? That's right, this is the only podcast in the world that will tell you what you can fit up your bum if you work to obtain those goals, and we're going to call those butt goals. And what have you fit in your ass this week? Not much. You haven't been practicing? No. The whole point of the podcast is you're going to practice putting stuff up your ass. In fact, I saw you lining up various vegetables of different sizes as if you were going to start practicing. Did you not do any practicing? I ate them. They were for dinner. What? They were for dinner. I guess that's the end of the What Can We Fit Up Our Asses podcast. That's all right. I guess we'll go back to media. Mm. All right. Well, what do we do on this podcast, Dan? Well, I'm drinking coffee. No, but what do we do? What do we do? Oh. What do we do? As in, like, what is the one thing we do that functions? Oh, well, I, I review games and films and stuff. What do I do? You tell everyone exactly what happens over the course of an entire film. Ah, it's called a synopsis. Yeah, it's not a review. So. It's called a synopsis. Yeah. No, but then I say if it's good or bad. S- still not a review. It's a synopsis. No, you're just you're just doing what's on the back no, of the No, but box. sometimes people will say, let's just quickly, in review, go over what happened. Well, no, no. Yeah? No. Yeah? That's a bad review. That's a bad review? Yeah. What's a good review sound like? They talk about the themes and the, you know... The, the context? The, yeah. And the characters? Yeah, you don't have the to... The ideas... Yeah. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. All right, well, I guess I'll give it a try. I know you watch a lot of those American YouTubers. I do, I yeah. do. You I don't do. know how to review stuff. Mostly Australian at this point, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, well, I'll go first, and I'll do my best to do exactly what you told me to do. I will do exactly what you told me to do. Yeah, I'm just going to zone out for a while. This week I watched the Adam Sandler movie, Huey Halloween, I think it's called. Hubie Halloween, ha- Halloween Hubie. Adam Sandler presents Halloween fuckstick stupid fucking cunt bag. You're trying to remember the names of the shows. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Yeah. Keep forgetting. Adam Sandler. God fucking damn it. Sorry, everyone. 
Hubie Halloween. I watched Adam Sandler's Hubie Halloween, a Netflix original movie by Happy Madison Company. It's dog shit. Well, yeah. Adam Sandler film. Well, yeah, but I thought maybe you'd grown after Uncut Gems was such a success. Yeah, but that's I not thought, an Adam Sandler film. That's true. You're right. I had hope. It's a film starring Adam Sandler. Why did I have hope? Okay, so I'm going to do very quick, very quick little what it is. Um, have you seen The Waterboy, Ant? Not for like 20 years. Yeah, but you've seen The Waterboy. Possibly, vaguely There's remember. a yes or no question here. I vaguely remember it. It might be a much... All right. Might so, be confusing it with the golf one. So, uh, yeah, it's okay. still the same film. Okay. So, Adam Sandler has this thing. I don't know when it happened, but he Adam started. Sandler is angry during sports. Yeah, Adam Sandler started doing a thing where if he's a good character and not a cynical prick or an, an angry asshole, he does a stupid voice to separate that character from the other characters he plays. Mm. So you've got little Nicky. He talks like this because Nicky's nice, and then you've got Waterboy, and he talks like this because Mama failed, and like, and in Hubie do what? Uh, Hubie Halloween. He is a nice character, so you can tell what he does, can't you? He does a silly voice. He goes, well, now everyone just let Adam Sandler. He really becomes these different characters. He really does. He embodies them, doesn't yeah. he? He has a moustache. That's the secret. So, Hubie Halloween is about a a, 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 a middle-aged... Well, I say middle-aged. That's a young for Adam Sandler. He's like 55. Um, Hubie Halloween is a character who, every Halloween, he goes around trying to protect his town. He's not very smart... But he is at least heartfelt in his efforts. One year when he is doing so, he is being hounded by the locals as he normally is because he's, he can be quite a nuisance. Um, but he actually uncovers what could potentially be a supernatural plot developing within the town <gasps> involving wolfmen, mass, mass urination and Ray Liotta. Mass urination. Mass urination. I know what those words mean. Don't you worry. Um, and it's up to him, his character Hubie, to not only stop this nefarious scheme, but also potentially find love in the arms of his teenage crush. Yeah. Yeah. Is she still a teenager? No. Oh. That would probably be more realistic. Yeah. It's a bad movie, Ant. Yeah. It's a real bad movie. It's not funny. It's not clever. Um, but, but, it's very strange. In watching this film, they actually set up Red herrings within the plot, which you wouldn't expect from an Adam Sandler film, because usually they just tell you who the villain is. And then the villain is normally either British or, you know, not one of the people that Adam Sandler usually hires for his movies. Um, yeah, it's, it's just not a very good film. It's, it's not very well made. It's not very well written. It's shot spectacularly bad. It's very flat. Maya Rudolph is in it for some reason. I just feel bad for her at this point because she needs a. She needs more starring roles because this is just awful. I feel so bad for her. She's, she's one so, of their friends. So she's, she's so incredibly just talented. Going on holiday. Rob Schneider turns up. Of course. Yeah, yeah Rob Schneider turns up and he says, uh, don't vaccinate your kids, kids, because it causes autism. And his wife comes along and says, it does science! Woo! It's real crap, Ant. Well, <laughs> it's an hour and 48 minutes long. Can you imagine an hour and 48 minutes of Adam Sandler? I, it, I haven't watched an Adam Sandler film for like years. Uncut Gems was so good. I think the last one I watched was... Uncut Gems? I can't remember what Jack and Jill last or... <gasps> I forgot. Or um, what's the really good one? Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love is fantastic. Yeah. It's... there isn't There isn't a redeeming aspect here. There really isn't. 
there's some small glimpse glimpses at something that maybe someone else wrote and they bastardized into this piece of shit. Um, Ray, Ray Liotta got a laugh out of me. Yeah. There's a scene in which um, Ray Liotta's burying his father um, and he pushes... Alive? No, he's oh, dead. Oh. He pushes Hubie into the grave and he gleefully giggles as Hubie struggles to get out of the hole hmm. and then Ray Liotta's mum chastises him for uh, for for pushing Hubie in. And in in partial Italian, partial just angry Ray Liotta, he turns around and goes, Mama, it's not my fault, he's an idiot. And in like in Spanish, he goes, he goes, flaming idiot, <laughs> like that. It's just like, just for some reason, it made me laugh so much that there was just this super Italian family <laughs> who were just like, just like, that's somehow a reasonable response to someone being in your father's grave. Mm. <laughs> he's an idiot, he fell in there. Um... But that was about the only part I enjoyed. Oh, um, Steve Buscemi is actually kind of charming for a brief couple of scenes, but then they just ruin it with cartoonish antics. And it's such a shame. Again, Steve Buscemi, fantastic actor, like an incredible talent in a lot of films he's been in. And then this. It was Adam Sandler and his friends <laughs> shooting the holiday. Do you remember, like, was it Billy Madison, the one where they have the quiz and it's got Bradley Whitford, Whitford in the villain role? Maybe. I don't, I don't try to remember yeah, Adam sorry. Sandler films. So problems if you watch them on purpose. I think people people probably seen the meme of the guy saying this is we were all dumber for having listened to yeah. we. Yeah, I feel like the world is dumber having this exist. Yeah, because but no one's. It's a good job it's on Netflix then, and no one's going to watch it. It's already apparently one of the most popular Netflix films ever made. Yeah, but they said that about Bright, didn't they? No, they're all, they're all going to go outside and they're going to cough in each other's mouths and get COVID and stuff and die. And <laughs> Adam Sandler's bass. Oh, that's actually a pretty good Adam Sandler noise. Was it? Yeah. Was it? I don't remember. It's the noise I don't makes. watch Adam Sandler films on purpose. I swear that, like, he knows. But he puts in enough effort for it to be, like, a an event, like something he's made. So why don't you just put in enough effort to make it good? Because he doesn't care. He gets paid. Like, one of the main conceits of the film is that he has a thermos that he carries with him everywhere. Is it branded thermos? No, it's, it's, apparently he made it. Mm. But it's got a megaphone in it, so if he takes a cup out and puts it on the bottom, he can use it like a megaphone. If he, if he pulls a certain thing, it's like a grappling, you can see where I'm going with this shit. It's like an all-in-one tool, but also a thermos. And he seems to think that that's something that people would ever do. Even, even like, this cartoon character, he isn't representative of real people, but Adam Sandler somehow thinks some that, like, I think that this is how he feels about regular people. He thinks that people are like that. Like, they have these quirky traits, and they have these little mannerisms and things. And he goes, and in his mind, he's like, that's what the pores are like now. I think that's what it is. Because you remember things like, Funny People. Did you ever see Funny People with Seth Rogen? Uh, no, because it was like three hours long. In Funny People, there are like, like a lot of scenes where Adam Sandler is placed in a room full of like lesser known comedians, but still like Hollywood writers and stuff. And he finds it hard to act alongside funnier people that are just naturally charismatic or happy in the presence of other people. He seems awkward and out mm. of place. And you think that's an act. But in an earlier scene where he's in a similar setting... He is a completely different person. So, am I just realising funny people's bad as well? I like funny people, don't I? 
I'm going to have to rewatch Funny People. Anyway, Hubie Halloween is dog shit. Don't fucking watch it. Don't let your kids watch it. I think IQ points are dropping around the world just because this exists. It's fucking dog shit. It's an Adam oh. Sandler. Oh. Don't watch it. Oh. Your review, Anne. You're so surprised that it was, um, it's bad. No, it is, because after Uncut Gems, there is a glimmer of hope that he was coming back. No, you fool. I know. <laughs> you fool. Mm. He does one Uncut Gems every 20 years. And then hope comes here to die. Yeah. Has mm. his, his shot of getting a few, like, rewards to say, hey, I'm a real actor. And then he goes and, you know, goes on holiday with his friends. And yeah, they film it. pretty much. Your favourite film was Growing Ups. Oh, God, that's so bad. Hmm. Mm. And Jack and Jill. Which literally stops to advertise a ferry company at one point. How many adverts were there in Hubie Halloween? There were a couple. Yeah. One of my uh, this is the thing that really gets me is that Kevin James is in this. Of course he is. And Kevin James is one of those people that he could be making Paul Blart movies till the end of time. But yeah, you know, I'm going to talk about that in a second. But Kevin James is in this, and Kevin James has his own YouTube channel, which has actually kind of been really good. He's been making some great shorts and he's even like branched out and done a villain role and like as much as I hate Paul Glart, Paul Blart 1 and 2 I think that Kevin James knew that they were bad and tried to sneak 5 good minutes in because I think I've explained the beginning to Paul Blart 2 is comedy gold. The whole film all the, both the Paul Blart films are masterpieces. They're man. fucking yeah. terrible. But the first 5 minutes of Paul Blart 2 where he in the space of just 5 minutes his character loses his wife because she realises that she had a brain condition that made her find him handsome and upon being cured left him. Mm-hmm. He's saying goodbye to his daughter who's off to college and then as his daughter's leaving, his mother is run down in the road and he loses his complete dismantling of a character and it's so utterly depressing. And then I think he's horribly abused by someone as he gets home and I was just thinking to myself, good for him. This is, this is fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, just... What's the one where oh. he talks to animals? Zookeeper. A classic. Nick Nolte's classic. Classic Kevin James masterpiece. Classic. Like Hitch. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, uh, one he's of the a, greatest renaissance of, man yeah. that he is. Well, he's like, his his YouTube channel is actually really good. You've watched some of it, haven't you? No, I can't be asked. Have you seen, oh, there's like a Kim Coates sketch he does where it's just two guys that are like warning each other. They've got something on their shoulder. And it, it starts off just being like, you've got a mustard stain right here and you've got, oh, you've got a little bit of ketchup. It's like, oh, you've got, like, some weird black ooze dripping from your ear. It's like, oh, your eyes are completely clear. And it's like, oh, there's some sort of interspecies, inter- interspace demon behind you. It's like, it's like, oh, there's a black hole opening in the corner. And it's like, oh. And it's just like, they keep thanking each other for warning them of these mm. like, horrible... And then eventually both of them... I think I think actually Kim Coates just has, like, glowing white light coming from his eyes. And he's mm. just like... Thank you. That's <laughs> just like, and it's just this weird like, and he's just like, like he takes a piss out of YouTube cooking shows. Like he did a peanut butter and jelly one, where it was literally just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with just peanut butter and jelly, but he shoots it lovingly like a fucking Domino's advert in America with <laughs> the dropping lettuces. It's just, and like then he does, he knows what good is. He's just like Adam Sandler. It's so frustrating because they know what good is. Oh, at least Chris Rock got out of this. He didn't. He didn't do this one. But I guess he's off making Spiral. Or is Spiral done now? Uh, that was supposed to come out this year, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it supposed to come out by now. But I don't know if they finished all How the shooting. How's that not gone straight to, to streaming? I don't, apparently it's really good. Like, people have said that like what they've seen is really, really good. I can't take Chris Rock seriously as a serious detective. No, but I, I, he's a director. So he directed it. Yeah, but he's got that voice. Doesn't matter. It really doesn't fucking matter. 
Remember the? Do you, have you ever watched Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah. His <laughs> his sergeant has like a really similar voice. Like he's like he's like, what the hell are you doing, Axel? Like that. Because he speaks with like he's got a tiny mouth and he's always angry, so it's always personal. He's like, what you doing, Axel? No, he was actually standing on his head when he was in the film. That was his asshole. That guy didn't die until 2016. Found mm. that out recently. So I rewatched all the Beverly Hills Cops films. You review out? Oh, both of them. Serge comes back in the third one, so I had to watch it. His brother, uh, cousin Balky from Perfect Strangers. Oh, that's the best theme song, though. Da, 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 she was in an episode of Star Trek I watched the other day. Cousin Balky? No. Jeffrey Joe, Joe Piscopo. Joe, Joe Piscopo? From yeah. Dead Heat? Yeah. My favourite zombie. Yeah, movie. and um, in the same episode, Terry Hatcher was in it, but she wasn't credited. What? Yeah. Joe Piscopo has one of the best lines in uh, Dead Heat. Every line in Dead Heat's the best line. Do you actually like Dead Heat? Dead Heat's a classic. I love that film. Loads of people don't like it. It's a work of art. Me and my friend Ross watched it once a year for like five years. Anyway, you're reviewing. Right. I'm going to review something really modern and up to date. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Jurassic game I've Park. been playing the most recently. Yeah. More than anything else. Yeah. Clocked up 30 hours on it. Oh, God. Yeah. Tetris. Um, close. I've been playing Mario no Super Picross, which is, um, well, Picrosu. Um, it's a Mario Picross game that was released on the Super Famicom in 1995 and wasn't released outside Japan um, until they did a virtual console version on the Wii. Um, which is fine. It's okay. You can release stuff on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Back in the when did the Wii come out? Nineteen ninety something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's Picross. It's a really pure Picross game with Mario. And when you complete a few stages, you unlock a Wario side. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of it's it's fun because like I like making Picross puzzles. I played quite a few of them over the last year. You know, like at least three others. I played Murder by Numbers, which is still probably my game of the year. Um, but this one's just pure Picross. Um, it's framed around the idea of doing excavation digs. So you like chiseling away the squares to reveal what the secret item was. Yeah. Um, and the Mario side, it just gradually gets more and more complex. And it doesn't have some of those modern things that Picross games have. Like you can't, um, you can't mark a block with a symbol. Like normally in the Picross games nowadays, you have, you clear a block or you put an X to say that one's not going to be something. Mm-hmm. You can't put something to say, I think that might be a, Thing. You Minesweeper. You're, ne- you're talking yeah. about Minesweeper. But you don't, I don't need that because I'm really good at Picross. Um, yeah, Minesweeper. I'm a mathematical genius at Picross, to be honest. Um, and it's, it's pretty simple. You get half an hour to finish the stages. If you make a mistake, like if you, if you clear a piece that isn't supposed to be there, it will take some time off. And the amount of time it takes off doubles each time. So you really can only make like five mistakes and you, you know, you'll have no time left. Um, which obviously when you get to the massive Picross puzzles, that's a problem because there's a lot to uncover. Um, but the Wario side is really interesting because whoever's designed the Wario side of it understands all the little tricks and ways you can catch people out on Picross. Um, the Wario side doesn't have the time penalty. Instead, the time's ticking up and it's just registering how fast you did it. But if you make a mistake, it won't tell you and you'll have to figure out you've made, you've made that mistake, which is more pure nonograms which is the proper term for this type of puzzle yeah but um it's full of stages where it's just fucking with you like there's one part of it where you do practically the same puzzle multiple times in a row which is um a bunch of monkeys doing hear no evil see no evil speak no evil Mm -hmm. but it wants you it's basically done it that way where the pattern's practically the same because it wants you to go and assume you know what's going to be where but it's wrong it'll be wrong if you try and jump ahead of yourself it's teaching you to take your time 
Or you'll have one puzzle where, like, there's loads of zeros all over the grid and you realise there's just one square to tap. You yeah. tap it and it's just like, oh, it's an island from, like, way up in the sky. I remember that one. I saw you do that one. Just a tiny little dot. Which is mm. just... There's one I did which I thought was really clever where I spent ages doing this puzzle trying to figure it out and it turned out you were just doing a pit cross board. <laughs> so, which is just... But, the yeah, the Wario side one is, like, really cleverly designed to trick you. There's a lot of symmetrical patterns in there and then it will make you try and figure out where all these individual one pieces go in the middle, yeah. which is like nightmare town to figure out because you'll have to try and do process of elimination to figure out which one's going where. Yeah. Um. But no, it's it's on the Switch's SNES game thing now. They've just chucked it on there. They have indeed. There's um, apparently more games coming to that as well. Well, there will be. Every couple of months. They always, every two months there's new stuff. Oh, okay. They're, they're back on every two months because they were... There was like a... There was a bit time. of a gap after they first released it, wasn't there? Mm. Um. But they, yeah, they're, they're chucking the Japanese games on there, which is nice. Japan still has a bunch of stuff that we don't have on their one, because they've got like some of the Fire Emblems and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I'm guessing they're only putting the Japanese games on there if they're ones that don't require much in the way of reading Japanese, which is like this one doesn't really. Because um, they also put, what was it, Paneled Upon and uh, Puyo Puyo 2, didn't they? Which is nice of them. They haven't put any NES games on there, though. I'd like if they put some Japanese NES games in oh, there. They put the Peacekeepers on there. Yeah, Peacekeepers is all right. Hmm. It's neat. I remember it being good, but... Yeah. It's got that whole thing that some old games have where you have to choose whether you want music or sound effects. Um, oh, it's a NES one, isn't it? Oh, no, it's SNES. SNES. Yeah, I've got I've got another game. Like, I've got um, Lotus Turbo Challenge on the mm. Mega Drive where you can actually have to choose whether you're going to have music or sound effects. Because they have both. music type A and type B and one sound effects and one... Yeah. Yeah, I had, uh, but I it's just because the music was taking up all the like audio space. So. Was it Rise of the Machines to that, whatever it was? Rise of Robots? Rise of Robots just that was bad, mm. bad. But Mario no Super Picross. I mean, if you've got the Switch SNES thing, which was it called, the Super Nintendo for Nintendo Switch Online? It's just, yeah, it's quite a virtual console. Fuck yeah, it might as well. Um, yeah, it's worth. It's, it's it's a fun play. Like all the puzzle games they've put on there are just quite nice. Mm. I would like them to please put Wario's Woods, the SNES version, and Tetris Attack on there. And uh Yoshi's Cookie. Yoshi's Cookie. That's on the on the NES one, isn't it? What else would be good on there? They should put on there some puzzle games. Um. Oh, puzzle games. Oh, like um, that Pac-Man one. That was quite neat. Yeah, they could put clacks on there. That was on SNES, wasn't it? Nah, that's uh, too early for SNES, surely. No, because clacks was or was clacks on the NES. There was clacks on the Mega Drive because it was one of the launch games. Yeah, well, one of the really early ones. It was on GameCube as well, wasn't it? And Links. Clax is alright. I like Clax. <laughs> if you're into bad American puzzle games. What 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 puzzle games would you put on there? I don't know. Just... All the Japanese ones, so I can pretend I'm great. Okay. Yeah. Alright, I'll get it done. What would be nice on there is uh, Street Fighter Alpha 2. If they could put the SNES version of that on the virtual console, that would save me about 200 quid. Really? That'd be great, because it's one of the most expensive SNES games, and I would love a copy, please. That uses a Super FX chip and stuff. It's like really flashy. Yeah, but they're really weird about putting the Super FX. Yeah, it's harder to emulate, isn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah, Mario Super Picross. Mario no Super Picross. Mario no Super Picross. Um, yeah, give it a go. It's got some funky music. I think I actually will, because I so often just leave these Minesweeper games to you, but I'll give them a go. It's Picross. It's a nonogram. Oh, right. Oh, my God. Organise your SNES games. What do you mean? That is a mess. What do you mean? Jesus. Oh, I have to press Y to sort. <gasps> What's this? What is... Oh, I'll put it in there. Anyway, your review. Stop uh, playing with your okay. Switch, you so bastard. My next review 
is going to be um is going to be Vampires in the Bronx on Netflix. Vampire in the what the Eddie Murphy film? No, no, no. That's that's Vampire in Brooklyn, which oh. I also watched this week. But I'll talk about that in a second. Vampires in the Bronx is a new Netflix movie, much in the vein of Goonies, but with a um, with a uh, Bronx theme. So it's um, as you can imagine, it's it's children that are all black or or, or Hispanic. Um, and they find out that a lot of the shops in the area are being bought up by a company that are gentrifying. So and there's Bronx. Pardon? Bronx. Bro- Bronx. Bronx, as in like Bronx funeral. Oh. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's, it, it really is, it has like a slight commentary. Well, I say a slight. The whole plot is, is essentially, um, is essentially a, a sort of an attack on the gentrification of low income areas. Bronx page. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really about the, um, it's really about the, it, it turns the, the, what I, what I consider, I'm assuming. The evil developers who come buy in houses from people that can't afford to sustain them anymore uh, turns them into actual monsters, which is really interesting. Actual monsters, actual fucking vampires, oh, real monsters, ah, real monsters. Um, it's really fun. It uh, like, well, I say it's really fun. Th- the problem is that we've been so starved for entertainment during lockdown for like true entertainment. We only really get a film every couple of weeks, oh. and like. And when we do get that film, I think that I watch it to death, like Bill and Ted face the music. Um, and, and this, I've only watched it once. And it, it, it uh, the reason I watched just it. watch old films, man. <laughs> the reason I, I watched it. Demolition Man the other day. It was great. Yeah, I know. Um, the reason I watched it is that someone said it was much like Attack the Block. And I fucking love Attack the Block. Yeah. Really, really good film. And it, it's kind of similar, but it's, the problem is that anytime that America has like a version of something, you've got to assume that it's like the, vanilla version of it because it's so passive and there are opportunities to do really cool things and they just don't really take them um and also the age that this is for is kind of weird because all the kids are around 14 to 16 but it seems to be aimed at a much younger audience because like even the vampire kills are bloodless like and and when they defeat the vampires as well they just burst into buffy flames there's flames and smash and that's it Uh, flames and ash was more of a Blade. Blade thing, wasn't yeah. it? Maybe Blade. It was Buffy oh. as well. Um, Buffy had the dust in. They just went to yeah. skeleton. <laughs> there is a couple of those. And it happened off screen a lot. Oh, okay. Because there's a couple of those. Budget. Well. What's nice is, they, like I said, it does hint, it has a commentary about like what impoverished areas are like and how kids fall into like crime and things like that. One kid is, um, he's been suspended from school because he got into an altercation with someone. It turns out the altercation may or may not have been his fault and the, 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 the head teacher may have, you know, suspended him or or um or um what's it called when they get permanently expelled him they may have expelled him because you don't um, remember from no all the um, times you got expelled from school i never got suspended or expelled i actually got suspended once um but yeah it, he yeah he, when the bully hung you up on the lights fixings by your suspenders no <laughs> no i mooned the entire visiting year six class because they were a bunch of shitbags and they were swearing at people outside the window and i went fuck you and then Got my ass out, mooned them all. Uh, one of the teachers saw me. There was really no way I could argue my way out of it. And he was aroused and yeah. Like, well, I got suspended. I got suspended for two days for that. Yeah, it yeah. should have been the teacher for getting aroused. I mean, tell me, it. tell me about it. Tell me about it. They should have yeah. kept those kids under control, shouldn't they? 
Um, one of my favourite things is the maths teacher that, that caught me. She, by the way, wasn't a man. Could have been around still. I don't know. She could have been into anything. But um, when they sat me down in the office, they said, we've spent so long making this a happy visit for them and making it so that they remember how good this school was and all they're going to remember now is you mooning them. And I was like, this school's a shit off <laughs> when you've clearly not learned anything. <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't. They still, they still probably turned up. I was there for four years after that. <laughs> it did not affect my school career. I got three A levels at that place. ASs. Did all right. I was going to go to uni. Anyway, never mind. Uh, Vampire and Bronx. Um, yeah, it just feels a little bit toothless. <laughs> Vampires. <laughs> um, but Don't get on- it. <laughs> on the flip side, I did. I watched Vampire in Brooklyn because that's also on 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 um, on Netflix, or it's on Prime. Um, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Um, and it's weird how much I forgot about that film. It's really got like a lot of mystical shit going on in the background, like she's destined to be with him and all this other stuff. But at the same time, it's a real body horror fucking nightmare because um, he picks someone to be his ghoul. And he just puts his blood in it. And the scene in which he trans- transforms him, the guy is shitting himself out of fear because obviously there's a vampire that's grabbed him and he's killed a bunch of people around him and he's seen all this horror. Um, and he bites his tooth and he goes, he goes, ah, you seem resourceful. I'm going to turn you into my ghoul. And he bites his finger and he drops some blood in his mouth. And the guy just goes, oh God, oh fucking hell. Oh shit, what's happening to me? Oh God, oh. And, he, and Eddie Murphy's just like, you're being reborn, but really you've died. So you've been reborn as my ghoul. And he goes, he goes, oh, okay, 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 okay. And he's like staring in utter disbelief as he's like slightly dripping towards the guy. He goes, oh, okay, okay, all right. I feel okay. I actually feel pretty good. Okay, cool. And Eddie Murphy's like, all right, we must leave. And he goes, he goes, oh, oh, where are you going? Follows <laughs> after him like immediately. It's just like that poor fuck. <laughs> and throughout the film, he's rotting. Like the whole mm. idea in that film, because it's written, it's directed by uh, not Wes Craven. Who is it that did? Actually, it might be Wes Craven. Yeah, I think it is actually Wes Craven. I think Wes Craven directed that one. But all for it, um, he's rotting. Like, mm. proper, like, rotting. Like, at one point, his ear drops off, and he's wiping down there. Like, he steals a limo for the vampire to travel around it. And as he's buffing it, his hand drops off, and he quickly grabs it and hides it. And the guy who, um, I think he's, I think he's his landlord. The guy who plays his landlord is that weird guy about, with, like, the fried chicken thing. The one who's, again, in Adam Sandler films all the time, but he's also in Friday and things like that. Um, and he might be in, um, he might be in a few Spike Lee. Spike Jones films, Spike Lee, Spike Lee films, not Spike Jones. They've <laughs> gone from gone from a black director to the whitest director. Um, Wes Craven's not black. Wes Craven's not black. I'm talking about Doug. I'm talking about Spike Lee and Spike Jones. No. Yeah, but he loses his hand and then he replaces it with mannequin hand. And he goes, he goes. There was just this happy white guy just in the window and some tennis kid looking like he's about to play tennis, like you know, smiling and shit. And I was like, you don't need this fucking hand. I smash the window. <laughs> and I stole this hand. And he's like, oh, it's real weird. Like. <laughs> It's it's pretty great. He ends up fucking gruesome by the end as well. Like he loses all his hair and his like eyebrows and his fucking teeth drop out and his ears drop off. It's grim. Uh, but yeah, Vampire and Brox. If you're looking for something to watch with the kids, I think this is perfectly fine to watch with kids. I don't think it's scary enough to scare them. And at the same time, like there are clever little bits here and there, but it's not quite it's not quite attack the block. You know, like there's not really that sense of like. You know, there's a really nice Zoe Saldana cameo in the beginning. Zoe Saldana. Yeah, she has a cameo in the beginning as like someone who has sold her property to the development company. 
Uh, she's heading off to go like live her life finally and 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 be something. Uh, sadly, that doesn't last long. She that, does. Well, she does now. It's just a, a little cameo. Cameo. Just a nice little cameo. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fine. Uh, once again, toothless, just bloodless, just bleh, like nothing there. Um, the the hint at stuff, but it just they sadly just don't go far enough. But yeah, um, I give this a. Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, I mean, it's cool for me to get there. Um, it's a one-trick pony. You know, it's got one thing. But it'll do that thing, you know, it'll do it fairly well if you get it get it in place. Um, just don't ask more of it than, you know, you've seen already. Your turn, Ruby. You, you, you just watch everything that's on Netflix, don't yeah, you? Just, just do it, it just do it. Why not? Right. Um, Super Mario 35. Yeah, how's that going? That came out this week. Did it? Last week. Did week it? Before last. Yeah, it's... October first, wasn't it? Came out. Has it not been out forever? No, but it's um, it's Tetris ninety nine with Mario. It's yeah. you run around, other players are playing at the same time. Yeah, you jump on bad guys, throws them to the other player's field, and then you know gradually you end up with tons of enemies that you have to try and deal with, um, and you know stuff like that, and carry on until there's only one player left. And that's my standing. Um, it's all right. I don't think it's as good as Tetris ninety nine though. Tetris ninety nine gets intense. Like yeah. there's a there's a skill peak where that builds up to, and the last people are going to be like the best players. Um, just nature of how that works. But with yeah. Mario 35, it kind of... You can just play Mario, can't you? As long as you take your time and you've got time on the clock, you're fine. Um, yeah. Loads of people keep swearing by the Fire Flower, but you only get one second for each enemy you kill with the Fire Flower. And when you get to the end game, you need time on your clock. Because when you get to the end game part, it's going to go slowly, and you're mm. going to have like a whole ton of enemies being thrown at you. But you know, you have to be careful at that point and you're basically trying to outlast the other players because they're probably not going to die by falling down a pit. I always I always swear by the fire flower because it gives you 15 seconds if you get another one and also, you know that Y move where you can press Y when you collect 20 coins? If you get another fire flower, that's another 20 seconds yeah. and you can always use the fire flower with the, with the invincibility star. So it's always such a good combo and it's just so safe. Big girl's blouse as well. She's mm. scared of getting into trouble. All right, now. But you need to jump on them because if you jump on them in sequence, you get more time. You get combos. Yeah, but then you risk your life. Yeah, but you want to rack up that time. You don't want to risk, you know, yeah, risk your got, life. Don't risk your life. It's not a risk if you're good. Yeah. I won a game on it the other day. It was quite I easy. Came, I came, came second nah, you know, a few times. See, when I won it, it got a whole ton of levels up. I got like uh, I got a Luigi icon. What level are you? Like level 20 something now. I'm not sure. But I got a Luigi icon. You get random icons. It seems. Yeah. I noticed one of my friends was playing it, and he um he was doing a stream playing it, and he had different, completely different set of icons to what I had. But um, stop playing around with your switch, your penis. <laughs> switch your penis. Can't switch your but, penis um, yet. But no, it's it's fine enough. I think it's you know it's only going to be around till March, isn't it? They're taking it offline. They say that, but they'll just be on there forever. No, I, I reckon they will. I reckon they'll take it well, off. They said about that jump I can't game see them. and it's still on there. They, they, I can't see them doing like anything to change this, short of adding maybe the, the lost level stages. Yeah, change the sprites. Well, what change them to what? Just make them like you could do it. You could do Super Mario. You could yeah. do yeah. You could do if you do Super Mario Land thirty five. Yeah, but then you'd have to completely change the gameplay. Whereas Tetris doesn't change the gameplay when you get new skins. It's just a skin for your game. Tetris is the Tetris ninety nine one's a lot more f- open to just, you know, reskinning the stage and giving different sound effects and stuff. Whereas Mario thirty five is less like that because you're gonna have to have it play like Mario One. 
primarily mm. because you know everyone's going to have to have different skins unless you start then dissecting up the groups into different skins yeah. which you can't really isn't really a good idea because if you know no one plays one doesn't get played that's true um but no it's it's fine it's decent it gets a bit slow it's not as immediate at the end like i say you can you can basically win the end game by just being a bit cautious mm. like if your time does tick down then bonk a few enemies on the head yeah but um it's quite fun doing stuff like sending a bowser to someone else's level and they're like, I like that. running through stage one one and they've got bowsers jumping around <laughs> the place that's quite fun um, I do wish people would stop selecting stage one one as their level at the start though. Yeah, because it's a voting system. I worked this out the other day, so it's, it's a... basically random. It's yeah. based on what everyone's I picked. Was, I thought it was a vote. Like if everybody picks the same one at the beginning, or, sorry, because no. I keep trying to pick one free, and it keeps just voting one one. No, it's, it's random as far as I can oh. tell. That determines like the pool of levels you get. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not sure exactly how you unlock extra levels though. It's... You just advance. So if you keep going, so I found that on yeah, my... it loops around. You do like stage 1-3 and it'll loop back to stage 1-1. One, one. No, no, I know, I know. But once you get past 1-3, I think once you get past the third time, then it starts playing through the next stages. Because mm. I had I had one run where I did 1-3 twice, and then I did 1-3... Uh, sorry, I did 1-3 three, three twice, and then I played 1 again, and then it jumped immediately to 3, and then to 4, and then to 5, then to 6. And then I had one where it jumped to like 9, so I've got two Bowser stages, but none of the other stages that filled in the space next to it. It's weird. But, um, no, it's it's fine. The only thing I can see him doing to it is maybe adding lost levels. Yeah. Which um, would probably make things pretty nasty. Because there's some of those stages and lost levels that are just brutal. Yeah. I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, that's what I think would be pretty cool is if just like when you get to the the final five, if the level just suddenly switched to the lost level versions of those levels. (laughs) So, like, you know, if you're on one, two, you get the one, two lost level instead. Just to just make it nasty. (laughs) No. Yeah, maybe not screw people over. Stop eating ice cream. <laughs> Put your ice cream away. I told right. you to stop eating that. I'm putting it away. You can't be eating food during the podcast. No, no, I'm putting it away. No, you're not. Put it away. I am. I'm putting it away. Told you not to eat that. God's sake. Oh, it's good, though. It's not. It's vegan ice cream. It's, it's good, good ice cream, though. Shit ice cream. Oh, man. You're going to shit yourself. Probably. Mm. Anyway, Mario 35. It's fine. It's decent. What a way to celebrate Mario's 35th anniversary. Yeah, imagine if they had done something good. Um, I see. I'm in. I'm in such a weird place with this because the first couple of days I was so hyped up by this and I really enjoyed it, and then I went back to playing Sunshine and I forgot <laughs> for like a week. And then I was I've transferred my stuff over to this Switch, and you have to manually you have to sort of manually select the game saves that you want to send out. It's not a really succinct process. Yeah, because you brought another Switch. It's your fault. Well, the, you can download your cloud saves in bulk, but there are some mm. games that don't transfer over, like like Dragon Quest and like Pokemon and stuff like that. And it turns out Super Mario 35 is one of those. Mm. And I went to play it earlier, and I forgot that my progress hadn't sent over, so I just loaded it up now thinking, oh, I'll just check to see which icons I've unlocked. It's still level 1 because I haven't played it since I've switched over to this one. And I just don't, like, I don't know if I will. I think, to be honest, like, it's one of those games that, that if I'm in the very, if I'm in a very particular mood, it is addictive as shit. And I think there has to be that. And it's just, I'm just not in that mood now. But the first couple of days, I fucking loved it. And I like, like you said, it's, it's not as tense as tense. one again. Yeah. I'm going to start from the bottom. Started from the bottom, now I'm here. Started from the bottom, now my whole crew coming. <laughs> anyway, I don't know who's saying that. Probably, probably someone. It was Drake? Bad. Was it Drake? Yeah. Oh, it's someone who grooms children. Um, 
so yeah so it's something that I'm enjoying but I just I was enjoying but it's just not got the allure of Tetris I'll tell you what I have been playing but I'm not ready to review just yet Puyo Puyo Tetris is fucking amazing oh. <laughs> finally got around to like dedicating some time to it well, the it's, second one's out soon I know I know but I'm I the first one's long apparently there's a lot to it mm. and so I'm gonna get through the first one before I even think about buying the second one but it is fucking great that like the way they make they mix stuff up with like it is just Puyo Puyo and Tetris yeah. And there are levels where, like, you essentially have, like, a pattern you have to work out using Tetris blocks. And then there are other levels where it switches between the two games. And then there are some levels where it's, like, your your blobs will only come down from the left side. So you have to sort of, like, it's like rewiring your brain for them to come from there instead of, like, midway through the screen. Just little bits and pieces here and there, and they just mix it up quite a bit. Um that's been more thrilling. Because that's your third review. No, I haven't, oh. I haven't finished it yet, so I'm not well, going to should review your third thing. Should I review my third thing? Yeah. Okay, my third thing this week is going to be Tenant again. Because <laughs> it's the only film in cinemas. <laughs> I'm not reviewing Tenant again. No, I'm going to review Star Trek Lower Decks. Ah. I finished Star Trek Lower Decks. Ten episodes. Boobity-boobity-boobity-boobity-boom. Um, it's pretty great. It's really good, I should say. Yeah, loads of the people don't like it because they're weirdos. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. Incels don't really like anything, though. Um, when it comes to hate stuff, when it care. comes to lower decks, I kept expecting it. Um, well, before it came out, the expectation was that it was for kids. Someone kept saying that it's like uh, it was no, meant Star to be Star Trek for... Prodigies, the kid one. Is that the kid one? Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Well, I've, <sighs> I yeah. Anyway, it's just it's it's um it's a Rick and Morty style show. It's taking a lot of influence off of that, but instead of it being a person who is absolutely cynical and just does whatever he wants. It is a crew of of um of ensigns who are the lower lower decks crew members who are just like basically no, it's based on the concept of a next generation episode called Lower Decks. Oh cool. Yeah. Yeah, so they're all ensigns they're Rest low in peace, Cito Jaxus. They're low <coughs> low they're basically red shirts, aren't they? Well they're the guys who just they're, they're the guys you never listen yeah. to. You don't really follow. see them often. When you yeah. do see them, they're in the, mo- the in the background. They're not the ensigns who get to hang out on the bridge no. too much. Um, but yeah, so um, so this season <coughs> we follow the four four crew members who are all in different stages. And although they're not characters established in other Star Trek canon, they are basically just like versions of characters we've seen already. Would you say that's fair? Not really. Well, um, Mariner is kind of like Kirk, and you've got. Um, you've got yeah, Kirk the famous ensign. They start out somewhere, black right? woman. They start out somewhere, but like they all have. Kirk this- was an ensign for like five minutes, according to the two thousand nine film. <laughs> but no, one captain saying- fell over and it's my chair now. But what I'm saying is that you've got you've got like basically like characters like you've got an adventurer, you've got a science one, you've got a wary one, and then you've got the smart one. Or like the medical officer, um, and and it's really great just seeing them interact and go on these these highfalutin sci-fi adventures, and often. Although I'm only a casual watcher of Star Trek, I recognised some stuff from the fi- from the TV program, from the films, um, <clears throat> and it's nice to have that. Like, and like like with um, things like Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn was obviously deep diving on DC history and lore, and I recognised more of that than I did from Lower Decks. But I get a similar feeling that if someone was to know enough about Star Trek, they would take that same level of like appreciation for the small bits here and there. They had a salt vampire in it. Yeah, yeah, they did. They had Salt Vampire, yeah. Salt Vampires died out during Kirk's time. The last one died. Yeah. And then it turns out there's another Salt Vampire. I guess. Yeah. 
That's just breaking <laughs> canon. God. How could they do that? Um, Riker's in this series, which was great. Yeah, in the last Turns episode, up in the last episode. Yeah. Uh, Riker and Dion of Troy, is that her Deanna. name? Deanna. Deanna of Troy. Deanna Troy. Yeah, Deanna Troy. Yeah. Really, really fun. I really fucking enjoyed it. And I really like... There's an episode... The second to last episode is... It turns out that one of the crew members, the Nebish guy played by Jack Quaid, has created a version of the... A version of every member of the crew. Perfect. So that he can practice kissing ass and work out how to rise up in the ranks. And Mariner finds out about this and decides to play the villain in a scenario he's created. And she is like the perfect villain. Like it's just, she is so good at being a villain. She just takes everyone out for, and everybody else is like, God, you're taking this way too far. It's like, no, 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 no. This is exactly what we need to be doing. I'm blowing off steam. Like that. It's just like, Jesus. But yeah, it gets really violent. She starts vaporizing most of the crew. And also there's a throwback to like the original series of Star Trek because they are wearing the shittest costumes. Like one person is just wearing like a, basically a bra and bikini and she's just got like furry cuffs on her shoulders and a cape and just like eye makeup. <laughs> That's it. Um, but yeah, really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's fantastic. And it was a really nice, nice thing to have, um, have the, like the whole series. I skipped a few episodes so I caught up on everything in the last couple of days um, yeah yeah really enjoyed it it is um, you know what fuck it it's a Tom Atkins I really fucking enjoy it I can't wait for a second season like it's not in the perfect six seasons in a movie baby <laughs> it's not in the perfect animated Star Trek version that we're probably going to get like I mean I know that the 60s had one there's too many Star Trek fans you don't have a sense of humour yeah so they want something like the 60s cartoon which was like serious Star Trek even though like it has a giant Spock in one episode and there's friggin just weird nonsense they mentioned that that in this yeah there's like all sorts of weird nonsense in friggin Star Trek the animated series I can see this being like you'll get a season 2 and possibly season 3 or 4 and I can see it doing exactly what Harley Quinn did where it was like they had that episode where it was the Snyder Cut t-shirt fanboy they just rip into those fucking hardcore fans who aren't actually hardcore they're just massive cunts to everyone who likes something that they don't like yeah it's the people just don't they don't want fun in their Star Trek because there is a contingent of fans now who think um, Discovery and Picard are both amazing and like Discovery's got passable stuff and it's got a couple of good episodes but on the whole it's not great the new season of that looks really good Picard is awful the new season Um, of Discovery looks like it's going to be like a like but loads movie. of the weirdos like those shows because they're completely humourless almost entirely. Mm. There's the second season of Discovery, they try to inject a little bit of humour in here and there. But um clearly because they you know, a lot of fans are a bit annoyed with it. But Star Trek is full of humour. Like mm. it's always full of jokes. There's a classic one where Data makes his daughter and um she's hanging out in the in Guinan's bar and Riker comes in and she saw someone kissing so she wants to try kissing so she just grabs Riker and drags him over the counter and kisses him and he's like well because <laughs> he's like I'm a suave bastard she had chatted yeah awesome I've pulled a girl straight away mm. and Data walks in and goes Commander Riker what is your intention with my daughter and Riker's like uh, I've got to get back to the bridge and he just bolts out the room <laughs> like Star Trek's full of dumb jokes and yeah. humour like that yeah but you know God forbid you do a show that's actually a comedy uh, some, I think I was rewatching the Red Letter Media stuff and they said Something I, I I haven't really thought about for a very long time, but it seems like the impact of um, the impact of um, first contact has made it so that everyone thinks the Borg are the main villains, and mm. everything has to be about Lacutus and like what happened to Picard, and it has to be serious and deadly and deal with that stuff. And that's why like programs like Picard exist because 
instead of them advancing a character or, or taking into account the years of his service to the Starfleet, they've just gone, he was a Borg once, that's really important. And when you do that, when you try and you try and make every, someone's personality all about an experience they had one time, you kind of diminish the value of that character and what they can really be expected to do. And the Picard in the film loves a bit of war. He's mm. all about like just ramming ships into other ships and blowing stuff up. And, yeah, like they reshot the final um, sequence of Star Trek Insurrection because it wasn't action packed enough. It had a more Star Trekky ending originally. Yeah, but they reshot it so that they had Riker fighting a guy in some. Vents and then Picard fighting in some big old CG structure. They blue screened in a whole bunch of background and, oh. um, like First Contact's an action Star Trek film. Like that is that's a it's a fine enough Star Trek action film. But then they try to inject that action into the following ones, and then you end up with Nemesis, which is just terrible film. Yeah, absolutely awful. <sighs> At least we got one good film out of the J.J. Abrams ones, and it's the one that he didn't direct. So um, Beyond, Star Trek Beyond is the only good one out of those three. No, I'd say that the original one has something to it. I like the original one. They're building the Enterprise on Earth. Yeah, well... That bothers me. Who gives a fuck? It would break up in the atmosphere. It doesn't have to... Look, now you're becoming one of those pricks on the internet going, you can't have any humour and stuff. Certain things have to be... No, they don't. Nothing has to be anything. You make a spaceship in dry docks, in space. Where all the debris is. No, everything exists in space. There is dust everywhere. There's not the dust. The fuck are you talking about? Yes, there is dust in space. What do you think deflector shields are for? So they start with a deflector shield. No, they have a deflector shield. And they build around that, it. They have a deflector shield that works around the dry dock. Just on Earth. Well, then you've got to take off through the atmosphere. Yeah. And it's got these really thin pylons that don't deal with so? atmosphere. So? How like, do they get the to- Voyager was the first ship that could fly into atmosphere. And they flung that to the other side Look, of the galaxy. Freaking you are, fools. You're becoming one of those fans, Ant. You're better than this. Just like her thing. You don't need to have everything stringently applied to some logic that was made up in the 60s. You're better than this. I believe in you. Yeah, I'm better than Star Trek 2009. Beyond, though, rad. What was the middle one? Into Darkness. Yeah, that's not good. You said that was your favourite film the other day. No. You were like... You were like, why would anyone like Ricardo Montalban? There's, there's, you got, you've got. They had um, to release a comic for that to explain why why Khan was white now. Space, space, yeah, space. That was it. In space, there's not a lot of UV rays. Yeah, so he lost his tan. Yeah, that's it. No, he had plastic surgery. Do you know, like, I want to look like the 21st century's weirdest looking actor. I want to look like an otter. Yeah. Do you know one thing that's really great is they've added Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values to Netflix. And me and Tara watched them both and I turned to her and I said, there's a scene in which Raul Julio wanders into the police station because his, his brother Fester has been, has been, um, has been wooed by, uh, by Joan C- Cusack. Yeah, in Values. Yeah, yeah. in Values, sorry. In, wooed away by Joan Cusack. <laughs> He gives this incredible speech. What is in? He goes, "Have I lost my mind? My brother has been usurped by a by a vicious demon. I have seen the hounds of hell. I have seen true evil." And every time it like cuts to one of the members of the Adams family, he goes, "I have seen the very maggots that feast on your soul in hell." And Morticia goes, "They're at camp." And then he goes, "I have seen all these things. I have seen all these things in my life, but I have never." Seen you <laughs> like that, the guy. It's um, it's uh, 
the guy from the producers. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, and he just goes, he goes, cook, no, um, <laughs> hook him, book him, and cook him. Now! Is it Nathan? Nathan Lane, Nathan, that's yeah. it, yeah. And it's just, he's such an acting talent. Have they put and Adam's Family Reunion on there? No. No, the TV movie with, yeah, with Tim Curry. Tim Curry. No. Did no. he play him in the TV series? Yeah, briefly. Yeah. And then it was someone else. But no, it just, it made me remember how much of a fucking talent he is. Because I know the joke is always that him as M. Bison is the best thing about the Street Fighter movie. And that's not really a joke, that's a fact. Yeah. But it's just, in those films, he takes a character, like even, even um, Angelica Houston as Morticia Adams. I don't, I didn't notice before, but Barry Sonnenfeld shoots it so that if there's a scene where she is the main focus of the scene and she is talking, the light only casts over her eyes, the rest of it's dull. Mm. And I just, I, every second of that film, I was like, I am in awe of how much I missed when I was a kid. This is fucking incredible. That's family's great film. People yeah. really don't like Values, though. And I thought Values was fucking it's good. It's fine. It's pretty decent. It has a really, really timely joke for Michael Jackson in there. Where they, go, they get put in the little, like, cabin where they've just got VHS tapes playing all day and it's all mm. Disney films. And as they go in, there's a picture that just says, Michael Jackson, heal the world. And the kid starts screaming and pushes himself against the door. Like, ah! <laughs> no, it's really really fucking good like and it was the the only takeaway i had from it was like it's the best tim burton film and it's not directed by tim burton mm. it's genuinely the best tim burton because it has every staple of everything that he tries to get into his films but it's contemporary come on tim burton's early films are great like it's like when the problem is that it's contemporary and like you everyone... made good films up until big fish and then it just yeah. all goes the problem down with, the, the problem with tim burton films are that he keeps he like all his films it is someone who is an outcast and they keep trying to integrate into society. But the problem is that society in his eyes... Well, they have scissors for hands. It's very difficult. To... Society in his mind is always the 50s. Mm. It's never modern day. And I think that that's the problem for me is that every one of his films is like, look how great the 50s were. And it's like, no, shit. It was genuinely very shit. That's what but, he's juxtaposing against, though. But he's juxtaposing against a modern idea of strange. Mm. And like, it's always like an almost futuristic idea of strange because you've got... In Edward Scissorhands, he's a cyborg. Ooh. Isn't he? Yeah, he's a Frankenstein. Yeah, he's like a Frankenstein cyborg robot. And, like, the whole idea is that, like, that's a very futuristic and sci-fi idea, but then, like, he's in the 50s. And, like, there's not really a lot of humour derived from that. More of the humour is, like, look at him trying to get into bed. <laughs> it's like, this is just not as interesting. But Edward's family, they took it and they Can't made it... I believe you're criticising Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> I look, really like Edward, if that helps. But I wish that Edward was more of an honest retelling of Edward's life. But as a film, it works. And I like it. I like Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That's probably the closest he's come to doing a film that works in the contemporary and also in well, his Beetlejuice is story. set in the modern day. Is it? Yeah. What's modern about Beetlejuice? The freaking art farty twats who take yeah, over the, the house 60, with the modern 70s art. Yeah, the 60s, 70s kitschy art. No, no, no. It's, that's 90s modern art. Mm. It's very much set in the It's all day. clay and wire. Yeah, modern art in the like in the nineties yeah, was plastic that sort of and shit. stuff. No, yeah, you're thinking sixties. Mm. Don't know your modern art, mate. But yeah, like yeah, you're just, supposed to be talking about Star Trek Lower yeah, Decks, sorry. and you're just yeah. going off subject. I already said Star Trek Lower Decks is a, is a, is a, is, a, is, a, is Adam Sandler. No, it's a Tom Atkins. Um, but yeah, you know, I wanted to just mention that Adam Sandler, Adam Family Values and Adam Family are online, and it's really worth rewatching them on Netflix. They've got the animated film on as well. It's pretty Have good. they? Yeah, I haven't watched it. I've not watched this again. It's got a sequel, hasn't it? Yes. They recently said that there's going to be a sequel in 2021. It's got Oscar Isaacs doing the voice of Gomez. Yeah, and Nick Kroll does a voice of. Um, You're knocking stuff over. Yeah, it's again. empty. Bear, uh, Nick Kroll's doing does a voice of Gomez Adams. Who does the voice um, of it? Morticia? I don't Is know. he the voice of it? I don't know. Someone's got to do the voice of it. Uh, 
It's a really good character in the films. Mm. I voiced the the thing. From Marvel? No. You're Michael Chiklis? The hand. Oh. Yeah, I did his voice. He has a really good... There's a really good joke in Hands Only Values where they all have to get jobs and he's a courier. Hmm. And there's a fucking great shot side on of his little fingers like running and he's just got like one of those yellow... No, not yellow. Red carts. Yeah, yeah. And he's just running along delivering packages like throwing them at people. Hmm. There's also a really good driving joke where he can't see where he's going. He has to flip between the steering wheel and the... And at Festa, Christopher Lloyd keeps trying to steer for him. Hmm. And he's just getting in the way and causing more accidents than he would if he wasn't. Really good. No, that thing special effects in the original film was like groundbreaking at the time. Because yeah. you'd like erasing an entire human from a, from a scene. Like <laughs> it was crazy impressive. And they do, there's like some moments where you can see where they've painted on the top half of the hand and stuff yeah. to cut around where they cut out. But it's it's a crazy good effect, that thing, jo- for the time. Joan Cusack in that sequel, though, is fucking mm. great. Mm. I was an 11 year old girl. I just wanted the finer things in life. So when it came to Christmas, I asked my parents for something very specific. I wanted a ballerina Barbie. So Christmas Day comes and I run downstairs, a big smile on my face and I open my presents and what have they got me? Malibu Barbie. (laughs) I'm not some tramp laying around in Malibu. I'm delicate. I'm graceful. I'm a ballerina. So you know what that means? They had to go. (laughs) It's just a house of fire. Uh, I just love also in the sequel Morticia's reactions to everything it's just single lines and every time they're fucking incredible mm. uh, they're so good I just I, I'm surprised that people don't you know talk about more your review man well I've got to review something haven't I yeah you do yeah really yeah. I watched Jumanji The Next Level oh finally yeah I got around to watching it because it's on um, Virgin Media's Sky Movies On Demand that's what oh, it is oh cool um, yeah it's alright pretty decent it's fun it's you know it's similar sort of level to the first film I say the first film that's like Jumanji 3 really isn't it yeah Um, because Zafura is the second film it's free Manji Um, but yeah it's it's basically the plot is that like they go looking for Spencer they're all getting back together in town during school break um, college break or whatever it is they do in America I don't know and they can't find Spencer because he's repaired the computer console from the last game film the computer box and he's gone into Jumanji. And then they're like, oh, why has he done that? And they go and activate it. And it sucks the two of the characters in, but then also sucks in their grandpas. Sucks in Danny DeVito and Don um, Danny Glover. Yeah. The two Dannys. The two Dannys. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's, it, they don't have... They, like it's, The console's all broken. And they're like, oh, it must be broken and glitched and stuff. And it just the result of that is that it changes their characters. They don't know who they're... Yeah. Gonna be. They don't get a choice of character. But that's like the only thing that it affects. Like, there really isn't anything else in the film that's like affected by the console being a mess. Like, I I was kind of expecting what would happen is would be stuff like, oh, they're in the desert, but like a snowy mountain's there. And like, you know, um, like, you know, you're in the mountain area, but it's snakes and lizards that shouldn't be there. Like, you know, glitches and stuff or broken bits of scenery or Mm -hmm. things. But they don't do anything with that. It's just. The game's apparently broken, and all it resulted in was everyone's playing different characters. Yeah, like the controllers don't work for some reason. No, they got new stats and stuff. Yeah, but it's more like the game because it was put back together. It managed to mm. make itself into a sequel. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I guess because it's magic, you kind of like. Yeah, 
But yeah. I was kind of hoping it, they would take advantage of the whole glitchy, broken yeah, so idea. Because that could have been a cool concept. It doesn't really seem like a lot of the people that make these films understand mm. what a video game is. It doesn't matter. It's, no. you got to go to people who don't know what video games are. That's what the problem is. Yeah. Like, they use a lot of, like, video game terminology in there correctly, like NPCs yeah. and stuff like that. But it's... You've got to make it for people who don't play games. Yeah. Where the people's main experience of playing games is Farmville, which is shutting down in a few weeks. Oh, no. The evil is defeated. What will I do? Mm, what will all your aunties do? Yeah. <laughs> um, Back to Candy but, Crush. No, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought, um, friggin', uh, what's his face? Kevin Hart mm. doing Danny Glover. Mm. He was pretty good at that. Yeah. But the real star of the show, other than the horse, um, is Aquafina, who's yes. freaking fantastic. Like, her manner is she has to play two characters effectively in it because mm-hmm. for a while she's been te- she's been controlled by Spencer when they eventually find him. Yeah. And she has his neurotic character acting way. Considering the guy who plays Spencer is like in the film for like five minutes. Nate Wolf, isn't in, it? Yeah. From, in the- from um, um, Death Note and, uh, and Hereditary. Yeah, but considering he's not in the film much. No. Like she has to build a character off of those few minutes. It's not, and he's not a well-known actor or anything. He's not like some big name. Um, and she does a perfect job replicating his mannerisms and stuff. Yeah. But it's when she takes over, when Danny DeVito takes over her character, and she just completely becomes Danny DeVito. Everyone does a good Danny DeVito in this, because the know, rock, rock doesn't do nah, too bad. No, nah, the rock doesn't sound like Danny DeVito. No, he doesn't sound like Danny DeVito, but he kind of gets the whole, like, squinting and heading towards yeah, He like, knows how to play, like, an old cranky man, but he's not doing Danny yeah. DeVito. Whereas Aquafina, she, like, starts slumping and walking yeah. like Danny DeVito does, and all this. Like, that, she, she's the breakout in this film. Like, impressive like why is she not in other stuff she's in loads of stuff like the problem is that she's like she's also quite selective about the stuff she does Mm. choose to do she's in Crazy Rich Asians and she's good in that yeah yeah that's that's actually a good film film. altogether but um yeah it's a really nice film just enjoyable it's a fun action adventure movie I like the ending that Mm. was the thing that I that I, I didn't like I wish that Danny Glover got those moments I wish that there was something like when they went into the water, like he could talk to Danny DeVito because those two guys are great act. Like their their chemistry at the beginning, where yeah. they're just like, "Oh, don't talk to me about this shit." It's like I need to talk to you about this shit, and like you actually get the sense that they are old guys that have had a friendship. Yeah, and I wish that they got that moment again because at the end, it's just like, "What did you say, boy?" Well, he's talking to the horse, but the horse is an allegory for freedom. So. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Like, it, you could have had them swap bodies with someone else, so at least Kevin Hart could do the acting. Yeah. You know, and get his um, Oscar moment or something, I don't know. I wish they just, but, yeah, they gave it a chance, because... But yeah. the idea of him being a horse and just being free is, like, that's a better metaphor and stuff. Mm. Like, there's some thought goes into it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it looks fun. It's kind of weird to take, like, Karen Gillan and Jack Black and make them the leads yeah. of the action. Like, you've got The Rock in there. And Kevin Hart, they're both established and they both lead films. Mm. Um, Kevin Hart, not so often. Um, but Rock especially is like, uh, I mean, he's the highest paid actor in Hollywood, isn't he? Yeah. It's like ridiculous. And you've got him basically playing the side role in this film. I like, um, they've got their, they've got their little throw, throwback line about the, um, the smouldering heat thing. Mm. He goes, wait, what? And he goes, <laughs> you've got this thing that you do. And it's like, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> cause, um, cause Jack Black <laughs> plays, um, Moose in this one. Yeah. And he goes, you've got this whole thing that you do with your face. <laughs> it's yeah. like, he's doing a really good impression of that kid. <laughs> and, and he goes, wait, what? F- <laughs> just keeps doing smouldering at the wrong time. Yeah, I did like um, at the end when they go to the cafe and um, Lilith from Frasier is there. Yeah, um, like little well, references. Well, this BB is a bunch Newworth. of Fraser. Yeah, yeah. She was the mum in the original Jumanji. No, no, BB, not BB Newworth. She's oh. not Lilith. She's from friggin' Two and a Half Men. The woman who owns the cafe that yeah. took it over. 
is the woman who played friggin' Lilith in Frasier and Cheers, which is all linked to her taxi, which Danny DeVito and yeah, her Yeah, but she's also, she's also the step... The adopted no, she's not. Mom. That's a different person entirely. One sec. B.B. Newworth is the woman from friggin' Two and a Half Men who plays Spencer's mum, and she's only in, like, two scenes and then disappears. But the woman who owns the restaurant, who's... I uh, can't remember what her name is because they sold the restaurant. It's a running thing. Is Dan Vito and Danny Glover characters um, argued about the restaurant a whole bunch. Yeah, she is Jumanji the next level. That's Yeah, her. yeah, she's in it. She plays the owner. She pl- No, not the re- ba- thing owner. The mother is the is the mum from Two and a Half Men. Oh, yeah, she's the diner owner. Yeah, that's worth. what I said. Oh, sorry. Okay. You were talking about someone else. Oh, you're the I one. Meant, I meant that it was to tie together Jumanji and this one is a shared universe. B.B. Newworth plays the mum. Uh, no, plays the mother of... No, the stepmum of the two kids from the first Jumanji. And in this, she plays the diner owner who was in business with Danny DeVito. No one remembers the first film. I remember the first film. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Tell you the first film doesn't happen, though. So, because remember at the end of the film, um, Alan goes back to where he started and then they never play the game, do they? Yeah, it gets buried in concrete, doesn't it? Yeah, so they never actually did the film. Mm. Um, this one ends with a teaser in the post-credits, which looks like they're going to go MMO style for the next film. Yeah. Um, Jumanji's Broken Loose, which is yeah. basically the third act of the first film. But I'll go for that. See yeah, that. I like yeah. the idea of, um, what's his name from New Girl being in it as well? Um, what's his name? The dude who... Where is he? Why is he not in the credits? I got a list of all the people in it. Who from New Girl? He played one of the three roommates from New Girl. Yeah, but who is he in Jumanji? He's the repairman who turns up to fix the leak. Oh. And he's like, oh, I haven't seen a video game console like this before. And he touched it. And then that's when you see the... You say he's going to be in the third one. Could have just been doing a cameo here. I think that they've already signed the cast because I think that's already guaranteed they're making a third one. Yeah, but they're not going to... Jack Black and all that in it, I guess. Well, I thought that that's that's Unless kind they do of, something crazy. They've all signed on for it, so mm. well, if I think in the real world though, if Ooh, they if they see. bring them out of the game and then they're just their characters, but they're more like NPCs and they have to be told what to do, and the kids mm. have to work with them to try and yeah, maybe that'd be really interesting. Explain some how the real world works. Yeah, well, you could just have the the characters team up with their and they're like they're like you're really good with maps, and it's like yes, and it's like okay, so let's use your map skill. It's like I am good with maps. It's like great, yeah, we're on we're on to points. Mm. I know. Um, do you imagine the next level was fun? I yeah. liked it. It was enjoyable. Give give it a watch. Yeah. I remember um, when I said it, I was, like, I was like, I was surprised by how much was... It seems like it's more than just a throwaway sequel. They put a lot into it. Yeah. And some of the set designs are really interesting. I like the bridges. Yeah. The hanging bridges. Digital sets. Places. Yeah, but still, they're really good looking digital sets. But Lots of baboons. Not baboons. They yeah. were um, the other ones that looked like baboons. Yeah. I can't um, look cool. The villain was a little bit, <clears throat> little bit bland, but that was the same with the first one. Yeah, the villain's just there to have someone to defeat at the end. Exactly. Um, Boss battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jack Black, still, no idea how he's still so active when he's like 50. He's, well, he was working out. He worked out for the role. Did he? Yeah, did you not see his videos no. where he's working out? He played Frisbee. He like threw, threw a kite. It's weird that it's weird that he seems more dynamic and more energized. He ate a burger. He only ate half a burger oh, rather okay. than a full burger. He worked out, man. It's weird that he seems more dynamic and energized than The Rock or Kevin Hart, <laughs> two people that are known to be quite energetic and, and mm. active. And yeah. you see um, how they've done The Rock's puppet on Spitting Image. No, um, Kevin Hart's like living in his pocket. Oh, really? It's a little tiny Kevin Hart sticks out his pocket. 
Um, I got a feeling that new spin image is probably terrible. Yeah, it's fucking dog shit. Probably. It's probably Tory propaganda as well. No, I don't think so. But no, I saw saw one thing about Boris Johnson. He was just going back to school. School like he was going back to dorms, but they look like they still look like Ian dorms. Mm. And like he's like, oh, we'll be one of the kids who will hang out with find out what students act like. And I was just like, the guy's an incompetent fucking baboon. Like you could literally do anything with him, and you you decide instead to say that he's going back to uni. Great. Mm. That's biting satire, isn't it? It's biting. It's not made by the same creators, is it? It's made by new team. I don't know. Didn't watch it. Mm. Anyway, your last review. My last review? Yeah. Which oh. you haven't thought about. You don't know no, what you're going to do. I know exactly what I'm going to do. No. So, uh, yes, well, <clears throat> not yesterday, Friday was the very last episode of The Boys Season 2. <laughs> They've already got Season 3 on its way and Jensen Ackles is joining because it's made by one of the people that made Supernatural. So, of course, Jensen Ackles gets brought in. Um, so the boys they're not doing anything now are they Supernatural's finally been cancelled for the <laughs> it's not been cancelled it's finished like it had the chance to actually wrap up it was mm-hmm. meant to be it how was many seasons of that are there 15 Jesus Christ no, I know Buffy only got 6 anyway um, the boys for anyone who doesn't know uh, the boys is a program about a group of people that are there just in case the superheroes get out of line and they go to extreme lengths to make sure that Voight America which has manufactured superheroes are kept in line also. Although that may be harder than they expect because Voight America have a product which is a very powerful superhero named Homelander who is currently the American Golden Child. Why are you knocking my stuff off the bed? Gosh, it's... Um, yeah, in the first series it was gory, it was chaotic, it was fun, everyone was really good, everyone was really entertaining. Carl Urban was a standout along with uh, Jack Quaid. Season 2 is more of the same. It's a little bit more focused. Um, Butcher finds out that the wife that he thought died is actually alive and had a child with Homelander that was found out at the end of the first series and now it's the ramifications of that at one point she tries to save her and she refuses to go without a kid uh, which may have been her undoing and Homelander is unravelling very slowly uh, one of the new characters is Stormfront who is a gender swap comic book character it was a man in the comics it's now Aya Cash in the series and she's very good um, she plays a she plays a superhero who is much older than she appears and mm. is essentially a genuine, really good skin. genuine Nazi. She was well, she's called Stormfront. That's oh, a, yeah, I know. It's a bit of a clue. But she is very good on social media and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, the Nazis are good at social media because they like all the memes and that, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really gory. It's really entertaining. All the characters are still as dynamic and interesting as ever. I wish there was a little bit more to more about Mother's Milk because in the comics he has quite an interesting backstory. But obviously they're not going by the comics. They are sort of using them as a framework and then going from there. Um, Void America, we really don't get the feeling that they are quite the monolithic company that they are in the comics either. Although they do talk about other superhero teams and what some of the superheroes are called around the country. Um, in the comics, they have um, basically just created a Marvel-style universe full of co- like characters with superpowers mm. and these tiny little teams that they'll they'll fund and they do it as a way to advertise the product, which is soups for soups for you know like the war and like for police and stuff like that. Soup. Um, Supers, oh. superheroes. Oh, they're not selling like, soup. No, because that would be um, a good marketing. Superheroes for like soups for soup. Yeah, superheroes for like different police divisions around the United States. The only thing is that they don't manufacture villains. Oh. No one else has a product that creates superheroes, or as they need supervillains. 
Um, in the last series, it was Homelander was was dropping off Compound V, like giving it to terrorist cells, so they were creating their own superheroes. Mm. Um, in this series, you get more of a hint that um, that that V is going to be sold off to people, so anyone will be able to buy it, or at least military companies, mm. private military companies, private police forces, they'll be able to get it. And obviously, right now with the current climate, we know that police are unhinged fucking idiots. And they will kill people. So that's going to be interesting to see how that's implemented in the next series. Um, yeah, Jensen Echo is going to be playing Soldier Boy, which is their version of Captain America. Um, like Aya Cash, he was injected, well, sorry, like Stormfront, he was injected with Compound V years ago, but has ended up sort of having a long, a, a, a longevity increase through this. Mm. They're also talking about Tech Knight and Tech Knight in the comics was their version of Iron Man. Um, but he had, in the comics, he was a super genius who built, built like armor and stuff like that, but he had gone absolutely fucking insane and had a mental condition where he had to put his penis in orifices and he ended up, he ended up losing his mind, flying up with his tech knight suit, punching an asteroid and then fucking it and slowly disintegrating as it fell towards Earth. Yeah. Again, Garth Ennis, man. He wrote Preacher. Can't mm. win them all. Yeah. Um, I still like the comics. I think the comics are good. If you like the series, the comics are probably going to have a little bit more to them. Um, the story is very similar, but like I said, just a little bit more fleshed out, a little bit more, a little bit more to it, and it goes in a different direction. But for the most part, the boys' season two has been really, really enjoyable. Um, I just there is uh, there are a couple of re- revelations that don't really work for me, and also they don't they don't give you an idea of where the arc's going next. It could be that Void America have seen that there are cracks in their system and they know that there are people working against them from within. So maybe they'll start looking at that and trying to close those loops. Does this series have the plot twist with um, the, what's his face? The Black Black Noir. Black Noir, yeah. Does it have the plot twist with him? No, no, not so far. Although he has been a highlight in both Mm. seasons. Yeah, I wonder if they're even going to do it. I don't think they are. Or if they're going to do something else. I don't think they are. Um, in the first season, there is a, there's a party they're having at Voight America, and Black Noir just goes and sits next to the piano player, and the piano player like slowly sidles along, but still plays the song, and then Black Noir just, he's sitting there silently staring at him as he's playing the song, and the piano player just gets up, and Black Noir just resits himself in the middle of the stool, and starts playing some fantastic piano jazz, mm. just silently. Um, there's even a really great gag in the background where someone's going past with some canapes and he goes to reach out and take one and they just walk past him and he's just like like that just just little little defeated mm. um, he also goes and takes down a terrorist cell at one point in the beginning episode of this season and as he's walking out he sees a little kid and you think oh he's going to murder that kid and no he picks up a stuffed bunny from the end of the kid's bed after tearing off his dad's head which he's got in his hand and then with the other hand and the stuffed bunny he goes and then just walks out after waving. And it's so creepy, but like the cut I, I hope that Black Noir turns out to be an actual superhero. Like he he seems like this creepy guy. He seems like he's just this horrible but in actuality, he is doing what appears to be superhero work. Like Homelander might go crazy and Black Noir's just like, No, you can't kill these people. Um he has actually him and Homelander have a great relationship because in the first series when Homelander's freaking out because Translucent's gone missing and like everything's going to shit. 
He goes, everyone's TV and interview residuals are down. Except for you, Black Noir. You're doing great, buddy. And he just gives him a thumbs up silently. Mm. (laughs) He likes Black Noir. Yeah, it's the way his body... reason for that. Well, (laughs) he doesn't know about that in the comics, does he? Mm. Not until the end. Maybe he just feels it, man. (laughs) There is... There's a a connection. The guy who plays him has some great, like, body body work. Because he doesn't move. Like, he Mm. only, like, really purposeful, like, arm and neck movements and stuff like that. Like, if someone addresses him, he'll turn his head to look at them, but he won't reply with anything. He'll just be like, and then walk out. Mm. And it's just really good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, if you can't tell, I'm really enjoying it. I love Carl Urban. Jack Quaid's been a recent favorite after, uh, after I saw Plus One, which is like an underrated romantic comedy. Um, the guy who plays Mother's Milk is good, but like I said, I just want a little bit more of Mother's Milk's backstory. It was super fucking weird in the comics, and it doesn't need to be like that. But if they made it so that Mother's Milk, mother, Mother's Milk's mother, was injected with Compound V like in the comics and like when he was early on he got exposed to Compound V because you know he was born and fed off her breast milk and that's kind of where he gets the thing from because he's he could be like they need to have level pegging that's kind of the problem is they're always so on the back you want more pegging? <laughs> yes hmm. yes I do now um, I wish that they I wish that they did just introduce Compound V and go the boys are all getting injected with Compound V and it's like a low like a diluted grade of it, so they're just a little bit more durable and then super strong. Because in the comics, that works. Because hmm. that's kind of their one tool, is that if it came down to it and it was Homelander versus Billy Butcher, Billy Butcher would die, but he'd be able to hold him off for a little bit. As it stands, if Billy Butcher and Homelander were in a fight and Billy had to save someone, or like just at least let them get a chance to get out of the area, the best he can do is just get smushed into paste in five seconds. Hmm. Which is kind of disappointing. I am looking... Like, he picks up the crowbar in this season... Like the last episode, there is a confrontation between him and Homelander, and he just goes and he slowly picks up the crowbar, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'll probably give it a shot." Like you're gonna die either way, right? Mm. <laughs> I just love that. It's such a good weapon, isn't it? Um, I suppose he'll be in it until um, they decide to start making another Star Trek. Who can't have him? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Star Trek's happening anymore, is it? They've no Hawley's one's been put on hold because yeah, there was two films limbo. they were working. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino's no Hawley's. Don't do the Tarantino thing. Don't let Tarantino make a Star Trek. Yeah, he'll have Kirk. Like he'll take the thing where Kirk's a little bit racist towards Klingons in the films, and he'll instead make Kirk racist. These to motherfucking people. Klingons in my motherfucking Enterprise. He'll have a. He'll have. A, he'll find a slur for. Yeah, that he'll get. He'll get him to say a slur. Look, if someone's racist, they'll find a way to say mud blood or something similar in their books mm. repeatedly yeah. for children yeah. to teach them how to hate people properly. Yeah, good on you, J.K. Fucking transphobe. Um, your review, Anne. Oh, have I got a review sign? Yeah, you got one uh, more. Uh, I've been playing Hades. That's a chunky fart. You've been playing Hades. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's I've really heard, good. I've heard as much. It's a roguelike game, but you know, it's it's got similarities with a lot of the ones like uh, Rogue Legacy and stuff. Yeah. Where every time you do a run, you're probably going to be able to do something to help build towards stop eating your ice cream. <laughs> oh. They'll hear it. One more bite and then I'm done. Fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. It's got to be melted now. Yeah, it's melted. It's very nice. Oh. All right. The Hades... You're playing um, Zagreus, I think his name is. I can never it's, it's, it's all Greek mythology. They've got silly names. It's all Greek to me. And he's trying to escape from Hades' realm. That's his intention. He wants to escape Hades' realms okay. and get to Mount Olympus to you know, join the other gods on Mount Olympus. Oh, so he's a god? Yeah, well, they're all like, it's Greek mythology stuff, isn't it? Everyone's a god. They're all kids of Demi-gods? gods and all this sort of shit. Yeah. 
and obviously he dies and when he dies he gets resurrected because it's Hades you just come you just walk out the blood pool again yeah um and like the way it's worked it's not like one of those roguelites where every room is completely different and it's not like Splunky style where it's like jumbled up room designs there's like a set pattern of how many rooms there are and you know you'll go into a room and you'll know the design of the layout once you walk into it um and you can unlock other rooms there'll be things like you can unlock a fountain room where you can re where you can heal yeah. or challenge rooms and stuff like that um but mostly it's just like you'll have a set number of rooms you walk through things like eight or nine rooms for a stage and then you get a boss battle okay um and yeah it's it's one of those ones where you can genuinely make progress fairly quickly in it like i've only done like i had like 10 runs maybe and i've already made it to the third area and without too much trouble like okay um, I found the second boss a lot easier than the first boss. First boss took a fair few attempts, but the second boss I destroyed. I guess once you get used to the mechanics, it's yeah. probably a little bit easier. Um, but it, you generally make progress every time. It reminds me of Children of Mortar, where there's like story always feels like it's progressing mm. um, every time you go back, which does make me wonder what happens if you're really good at the game and you just churn through it in the first playthrough. Like me and Shikam Does the story just not happen? Um, but you, yeah, when you get back to the home base, you've got all sorts of stuff. People you can talk to, they'll say new stuff, they'll... You know, they'll reference what's just happened and say, oh, this thing killed you this time, did it? Oh, I remember, remember Star Trek. Mm. And then there's like sections you open up and new characters will just gradually start appearing and, you know, you'll get power-ups. There's a lot of things to collect, which mm. is normal for these sort of games. But when you're going through the dungeons, sometimes you'll have two doors. Yeah. And there'll be a symbol on the door which tells you what sort of reward is in the next room. Like old Jimmy so two doors. you'll see like a blue purple crystal. Yeah. Or maybe you'll see like gems. And the gems are used for upgrading your home area mm-hmm. or maybe adding new areas to the levels. Yeah. Um, but the purple gems are for your personal growth. So you can decide which one of those you're going to aim towards. There's keys as well. If you collect up keys, you can unlock more slots on your um, like character stats that you can manipulate with the purple gems. So like, like you get the purple gems and you can upgrade stuff like how much damage you're doing, things like that. Although yeah. it's pretty limited. I've hit the max on a couple of them already. But if you get enough keys, you can either unlock one of the new weapons or unlock an extra two slots on that character upgrade tree. Yeah. Um, which is just like, I don't know what the other ones are going to be, but they're all set already. It's not like one of these ones where, you know, you have like, oh, you can just keep boosting your strength up to infinite degrees. It's it's just modifying to boost up your character's abilities to a certain extent or adding new twist to your character. Like you might have a resurrection gem. So when you die, you come back at 50% health. Um but yours, there's all sorts you unlock though. Like the, you get like trinkets which give you a special skill. Um, one of them, the first one I got was that robotic gal from Clash of the Titans. Oh, nice. Um, like Artemis. Artemis or something like that. He's, he does something I can't. He does now because I switched to the gold tooth thing. That gives me another resurrection. Um, the weapons in it are great as well. You start off with the sword. It's pretty straightforward. Like mm. X to attack, Y to do a thing where you slam on the ground and a big circle shoots out. Um, and do a whole time damage and you've got a dash mechanic and stuff and there's a casting spell as well which is like you throw a diamond out and it hits the enemy and it does a decent amount of damage and it seems like it's not really worth using too much early on because you can't retrieve it until you kill that enemy and then it comes back to you Um, but you'll get stuff as you play through it where like let's say if you cast it onto an enemy when you attack them you'll do more damage so enemies that have a cast stuck on them would take more damage or maybe you'll change its nature, like you'll turn it into a big spinning ball thing that just wrecks everything in its path. Yeah. Um, all sorts of little ways of manipulating them. Um, and when you go through, you get power-ups like, you know, you might see Zeus's symbol appear in the ground in the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be a reward for clearing a room. And that will give you like a lightning theme power-up. Or you might get Artemis's one, which is all about like 
uh, range and stuff like that. Well, um, who's the one who runs really fast? Friggin' oh, um, Hermes. Hermes, yeah. You'll get one that's all like dodging and speed based boosts. So you can build up a weird sort of character tree of skills in each run. That's how your skills change when you go through each run. Like you'll, you know, have different classes of abilities that you build up. Um, I quite like the chain lightning when you hit an enemy and it just chains lightning to the other characters. You can also get a power up sometimes. It don't always, you, you rarely get it in a run, I find, but there's a right trigger power up which will do something like make you invincible for a second and you charge through enemies. Like Poseidon's one where like you're riding along on water and just charging through everyone. Um, it lasts a few seconds and you'll build the power up to use that as you enter a room. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's like, it's just really well done. The character art's fantastic. The storytelling, Tropes, when you get back to the bases and your father is Hades, he's sitting there working at his desk doing all the all the like uh, paperwork, registering all the people who have died and all this sort of stuff. And he's just kind of annoyed that you keep trying to escape. And he's basically made the route out harder to try and stop you. Because um, he doesn't want you escaping. Because I'm guessing there's some sort of secret he doesn't want you finding out. Um, I've got a feeling that when you finish it for the first time, that's going to actually reveal what the real plot is. And there'll be something else, because I've got a feeling what the real plot is, is that the um, people in Olympus are messing with you, and they don't want you to really join them as such. They're trying to get something from you. And Hades doesn't want you to escape because he knows that's what there's something they're after. That's what it seems to be pointing towards so far. Um, but yeah, it's just, if, you, if you've played roguelikes before and you find the lack of story that they tend to have and, you know, the lack of progression, because a lot of roguelikes, you'd have no progression whatsoever, or you might have a tiny little bit of tweaks to make things a little bit easier on future runs but this is full on you will make progress in this game like unless you actively avoid buying upgrades you're not you know you're gonna progress and you're gonna make a decent amount of progress every time you play i've seen a lot of people finishing it in like 30 odd runs like god that seems a bit ridiculous well you can see something like rogue legacy you'll be on like 200 and some odd by the time you finish oh god yeah Mm. rogue legacy and also um neon Wherever it was. Yeah. But the games are about dying and restarting. Yeah. But um, Hades is all like, the dying and restarting is a lot more context-based and it yeah. makes sense because you're in hell. You don't yeah. really die because you're already dead, uh, I it, guess. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about this one and it's something mm. that I wanted to pick up, but it was just, I I made the mistake of buying Shakedown Hawaii, which is a game I've had on my watch list for fucking ever because that went down to six quid, so I bought it. And I was like, I can't really justify buying uh, buying another game. Well, that's your fault. Well, uh, then I went and bought Catherine Full Body for the Switch. I'm waiting for that to arrive now. Gross. Um, I quite like all the other... I've got, you play yeah, Catherine? I've got Catherine. On the, on the um, Xbox. Xbox somewhere. You I mean the sex box? Well, I don't have it on Xbox. There's a gap there where it should be. Eh, I don't know. Um, I have a digital version of my Xbox Live mm, account. But um, yeah, the weapons in it as well... Um, I haven't locked all of them yet. There's there's like, ranged as well, isn't there? It's there's ranged. four weapons you can pick from at the start. Well, I say pick from the start, you have to unlock them. Yeah. But once you've unlocked like the fourth one, another one comes up, which is gauntlets, and I haven't unlocked them yet. And apparently the fifth, this last one's um, a machine gun, which oh, would be cool. quite interesting. I imagine that'll turn it into a twin stick shooter. Um, I'm finding the most luck with a bow and arrow, which I don't usually. Um, you have to be a, play a bit more slower with a bow and arrow, but I got an upgrade for it that lets you just fire off one after the other. Like, the range isn't as high on it, but you're firing off quickly with the arrows. And once I got that, it was, like, dead easy to damage people. Um, I got Hangover on it. There's um, Dionysus, you know, the god of partying and all that shit. Um, 
his one of his skills is to inflict hangover on people, which is basically poison. So you can just like make people get hangovers or make them pass out and stuff like that. Um, and I quite like the shield as well, which is one of the best weapons. It's like closer range than the sword when you swing it, but you can fling it like Captain America. Or you can hold the square button down, charge up and barge through enemies, which is a way of destroying armour if they've got armour. Um, then you can do stuff like deflect enemies' attacks back at them and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's really just really well-designed game. It's made by Supergiant, isn't it? The guys who made Transistor and Bastion and Pyre. But I didn't play Pyre. I don't know if many people did play Pyre. Pyre was a thing. It was like a sort of sports... It was like a sort of fantasy sports game thing. You okay. had like two teams and you're flinging the ball and scoring goals on each other, but it was it played out like a like a real time strategy elements to it. It's a really strange game to get the hang of. But um this this is more like transistor, but a roguelike form. And it's great. Play it. It's good. Buy it. It's like twenty quid, I think. It's about fair. They could probably charge a lot more for it. Mm. Um I imagine they'll probably do some expansion DLC for this and or something, because it feels like it's something where they could ring a lot out of it. Usually they're pretty good with DLC and they do it free, don't they? I don't know with them. Super, just, I haven't played one of the Supergiant games in proper depth since Bastion. Mm. Like, um, I played Transistor for a bit. It was good. I have Transistor on the Switch. I haven't played it yet. Mm. No, Transistor's good. You've got a talking sword in it. Everyone likes yeah. a talking sword. And you can upgrade it, can't you? Yeah. In this one you don't get a talking sword, but there is a, there's a zombie that you get to beat up when you select your weapon and he wants you to beat him up. He's like, hey, hit me. Beat him up. Just like in hmm. um, my brain's shut down. Yeah, your brain has shut down. Just like in your ears. not Ghost of Tsushima. Ah, fuck's sake! From Software's game, Sekiro. Yeah, just like in Sekiro. I quite like Dusa. She's a character in it. Yeah. She's a floating Medusa head, who's the um, who's basically. I don't think she's officially meant to be the janitor, but everyone just seems to make her clean everything up all the time. <laughs> And she's really eager to please. And, and she's, if you get to the edge of something, she comes and knocks you off of it. But she, um, just you, you find out there's like a room that's been locked off early on because the first time you left Hades, Cerberus went nuts and trashed it. And it's like a bar. And when it opens up, she's in there and you see her every now and again. She's like, oh yeah, don't worry, I'll clean stuff up for you. She's got a crush on Zagreus and she keeps flying away when you talk to her. Oh. Um, but you can gradually repair the hall from the stuff that she didn't manage to clean up, like the amount of Cerberus hair and claw marks all over the place. So you can build the hall up and stuff. That's cool. Um, this one locked door I haven't opened yet, and I want to figure out how to open that. I reckon that's something you unlock a lot later, though. But um, no, it's really good stuff. Like, quality game. Game of the year contender stuff. Oh. Really top-notch. That good, eh? Yeah. Hmm. People like it. I've noticed. I've noticed because everybody's talking about it. And I, like I said, I wanted to get involved, but I have too much stuff I need to play. Yeah, it's because you keep buying games. Yeah, and also working now. And so. new switches. Look, right, if you don't have at least six switches, what are you doing? How are you going to play all the games you want if you don't have six? You just play them on the one console. But then you have to take the cartridge out. Hiya. Uh-huh. Anyway, I'm done. All right, yeah, so am I. Um, suicide Pact? What? No, never mind. All right, so uh, this has been Critapocalypse episode 145. I've been Matt, you've been Anne. You can find Anne at LV54SpaceMonkey on Twitter. You can also find him on YouTube as Mellow Gaming. You can also find him at, on his new channel, which is Reacting 
It's not really new. It's been around like two and a half years now. <laughs> you can find him on Reacting Sentai Yoppa Ranger. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, sure. No, no, what was it? Reacting Sentai Yoppa Ranger. Oh, I got it right. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Crit Apocalypse. You can find me on YouTube at Crit Apocalypse. Uh, and Twitch on at Crit Apocalypse. I will try and stream something at some point this week. Will you though? Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Uh, as always, have a great week. Donald Trump's a racist and a rapist and Boris Johnson's a rapist and a racist. And also a Tory. Fuck. Is that worse than a rapist and a racist? You see, they chucked out a story about Boris Johnson about his upbringing and how like his parents were a bit shitty and all this sort of stuff, as if you couldn't oh. tell from Stanley Johnson. Oh. It's like, yeah, but also he was a millionaire. Yeah. He had all of the shit boy. in the world. He used to burn money in front of homeless people. Yeah. So. Have you noticed how, like, no one's talking about the fact that the Bullingdon Club never had a member that wasn't white? Mm. Weird, that, right? Weird. Yeah. Crazy. Um, wasn't he also in the same year that David James Cam- David Cameron was in? No, we... I think later. they were. I think they were in there at the same time. Mm. Uh, but yeah. He's older than David Cameron, isn't he? A little bit. Not yeah. by much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, interesting thing about the Bullingdon Club, they've reportedly been involved in police investigations in murder, in rape, in in criminal damages. It's pretty fantastic, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Bunch of rich cunts. Do you remember it's um, five years since, just the other day, five years to the day since uh, David Cameron, um, the story came out about him sticking his head, in, his dick in a pig's head. Well, that didn't do any damage to his political career, did it? No, it was funny, though. It was super funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because he fucked a pig. Yeah. Boris Johnson's definitely fucked a pig. But Boris Johnson didn't do it on a dare. No. <laughs> no. His dad probably told him to do it. Yeah. Have you seen that picture of Boris Johnson as a kid? I don't know if, I don't think I've ever seen anyone whose proportions have, like, just stayed exactly the same since they were about four years old. He's got the same, like, shit posture, shit hair, fat fucking gut, just looking like a fucking cunt. Oh, God. That's what you have to do if you want to be world leader. How come his dad hasn't been fucking fined for being out without a mask? Because um, his son's the Prime Minister. They're all such cunts. Mm. People vote for these fucking people. People say that he's likeable. What's likeable about Boris Johnson? He's a buffoon. Didn't you see when he was hanging from that thing, waving the Union Jack flags? Yeah, I kept <laughs> I kept hoping it was a rope what around a, his fucking what throat. wacky buffoon. What a goof. He's so fucking sinister as well. 13 billion. And that's 13 billion of our money. Our mm. country's money at a time when he is exiting us from the EU which will have devastating consequences on not only our fucking no, no, economic No, no, fine. Stand. Everyone's really happy because they made a, a trade deal with one random country, Australia. Ukraine. Ukraine the other day. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, what are we going to get from Ukraine? Clogs? Do they no, still do clogs in Ukraine? Ukraine? They have uranium mining but we yeah. don't... Mitsubishi just... Was it Mitsubishi or was it someone else? It might have been Hitachi. Uh, the main thing the Ukraine has is a direct link to um, Lithium Putin. Mines. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that too. Yeah, Putin. yeah, doesn't he keep trying to take over Ukraine? Well, he annexed part of it, so yeah. and um, nothing happened. Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, lithium or uranium, one or the other. But they have the world's ma- majority of mining from those countries. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Hitachi pulled out of uh, some company pulled out of making a new nuclear. Power station in the UK, which is... Because we don't need one. Well, we do, because during lockdown, we had our longest period of being off the grid when it came to coal burning. Good. So we used renewable technologies, Mm. and nuclear power is cleaner than coal, as long as it's properly... I just put some more fans up. You know what, right? 
I've just realised that I'm advocating for nuclear power when we have the most incompetent government who cut public spending constantly. They're opening a new coal mine. Are they? Yeah, they announced they're going to have a new deep coal mine. Where? Who are they selling it to? Probably Yorkshire. They're just going to fucking sell it to America, aren't they? It was what they had in the old days, in the good old days. But people Before died. some socialist got rid of coal mines. Margaret Thatcher the Tory? Yeah, yeah. But they want you to forget. What about steel? Are they going to be trying to fucking create British what, the steel again? Shaquille O'Neal film? No, they'll be British steel again, won't it? Yeah. But that was fucking terrible because we didn't have the... Oh, people People don't know history, do they? No. What is it that people think about our history? It's, it's all rose-tinted, isn't it? It's the good old days when there weren't so many of those, like, black folk around. Didn't that's what they like? Didn't um, Rhys Mogg claim that gays we, didn't exist before a few years ago? Didn't Rhys Mogg claim that we they like that? Didn't Rhys Mogg claim that during the Boer War we put women and children in in camps for their safety? Probably, I don't know. After we burnt down their farms to make sure that there was no means for providing food to the soldiers that were fighting us in the Boer War, uh. and, it, and everybody was saying, no, well, no, he was saying that they were they were camps for their safety, they were fed. When in actuality, they were concentration camps, yeah. and they weren't fed, no. and we killed women and children. Yeah. Thousands. It's okay. It's the Great Britain again. Why don't people yeah. understand history? Why don't people remember this stuff? How come people... In in school, we should be taught the dark history of the UK. What? Everything's great. It's not, though. No, you're obviously just not patriotic enough. Oh, I'm just a lefty. Have you tried listening to Nigel I'm, Farage, man? I'm just a lefty. I can't... I, no one should be able to listen to Nigel Farage badger on about bullshit. Mm. Anyway. He's, he was an MEP. He the frigging podcast. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, How was he an MEP? Again. He's not fit to be a, anything. Because no one votes for the MEPs because they, they do. don't pay attention they to it. They vote by constituency. Yeah, but they don't pay attention to it. So all the racists vote for their racist guys to be MEPs. If you didn't turn MEPs. up to work for 90% of the time you were scheduled to work, you would be fired within a week. Yeah, but you can get away with it. How? Because he's rich. He's not, though. He's funded by other people. Yeah, he's, that's how he gets rich. He's... I hate everyone. Are you dumb? Yeah. You're Boris dumb. Johnson is a cunt. Yeah, we know God. Stop voting for him. Ah. Stop liking him. He's not likeable. He would tread on your fucking throat if it meant that he could get a pound coin off the floor. You dumb. You idiots. You yeah. dumb. I'm done. I'm done. Bye, everyone. Bye.